Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Pav. And I'm Neil. And welcome to the Top 10 of Anything podcast. Let's start the countdown. Okay then, Claire, kick us off with your number 10. <laughs> you may not even know who he is. Seely Booth. Seely Booth. Okay, so please explain. If anybody out there has ever seen the TV show Bones, pretty much all of one are TV-based, by the way. Um, Bones was one of my favourite programmes years ago when it started. And Seely Booth plays the kind of detective, FBI person, whatever, teams up with the lovely Emily Deschanel, who is Bones, who is a, oh, she's not an anthropologist, what are they called? Studies Bones, okay. whatever that's called. Um, and anyway, they're just this, they're this crime-fighting duo. Um, I think it ran for like 10 seasons. And it was just American drama at its best and worst. And Seely comes in for me at number 10 because he's absolutely beautiful. Is that the guy who played Angel? Yes, what's his, um, I should David be more prepared Baran, with this, David Baranas. Uh, yes, Baranz, yes. Yeah. My He's wife just, loved that show. She oh had all of them on, on DVD. And Bones was just, it was really clever because then there was this will they, won't they with Bones and Booth and... Um, yeah, so he's in at my number 10 because he was just also dreamy and fired a gun and would keep you safe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm guessing... Wasn't she, like, wasn't she like always like, she's like just in a mood all the time or just didn't seem... No, to... she was very intelligent. So she seemed a bit weird in the right. way that she spoke and how she kind of gave out her emotions. But that's just because she was off the chart genius. But that's where they work so well because Boo's kind of spoke to her emotional side which she needed to learn to bring out okay. and it was that um zoe's sister yes that, from it? new girl yeah yes. okay i've so, never watched um, it and i believe stephen fry was in it wasn't he stephen fry turns up uh, a number of times and also the dude long beard from um the band i want to say zz top I don't think it's, you know, the musician. Anyway, the I would say probably the first three, four, five, you get up to about season six, and there's some tense, scary moments. Um, it was a really well-written show because it was based on books, and mm. the author of the books had a hand into the TV show. So I would, if nobody's seen it and you want to binge a show, 
I'd highly recommend Bones. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Go on then, Neil. You're number 10. So it's uh, Morgan Freeman as Somerset in Seven. Um, took me a while to think of this one because, uh, um, wow, well, where to put him? But I have put him at number 10. But it, it, he's a character that I would have loved to have seen more of. When you see him in the movie, he's like your comfort, isn't he? He's the, he's the guy that you think is he's all right to be with. Um but yeah, he's the guy just, that's seen it all and done it all. And done it the all. End he's his, the weathered, end of his career, isn't he? weathered detective. But I would have liked to. Or this is certainly ripe to bring him back. Um, whether it be a prequel, his earlier years, or even his later years, I just think he's a character that we could definitely see more of because I find him mesmerising in the role. Have you seen Seven, uh, Claire? I'm too much of a scaredy cat. I wouldn't even I'm say it's a horror movie. Sort of a bit of a psychological thriller, though, isn't it? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. I'm I, films and storylines, and they stick in my head. Like right. I will go to bed thinking about that film probably for a very, very long time. So I remember my sister seeing it, and she told me how amazing it was, but then also told me lots of stuff that you see, and and I was just like, oh, I don't know if that's yeah. Do you end know of, the story the of it? Do you know what the you. what the story is? And <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So I'm a bit like. It's a great movie. It is an absolutely fantastic movie, yeah. Uh, Yeah. But if you could stomach it, I'd highly recommend watching it. Okay, all right. What's in the bags? (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Yeah, that'll stay with you forever. That oh, end. absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt. Okay, my number ten. I think you're you're too young for this, uh, Claire. This one Uh, is Eddie Shoestring. Uh, this is a blast from the past that is a blast from the past Sunday night Eddie Shoestring or Shoestring was the name of the show Trevor Eve who was a mm. private detective <clears throat> I can't remember whereabouts oh my god Jersey, Trevor Eve no not Jersey that was Bergerac wasn't it that was Bergerac yeah Trevor Eve yeah, wasn't he in Silent Witness yes he was yeah Oh yeah, Trevor Eve's great. Yeah, and and Ooh. Shoestring was one of those programs when you were a kid, a bit like That's Life. That when it came to Sunday, <clears throat> you would keep asking your mum and dad questions, so that they wouldn't say to you, "Right, time for bed. You got school in the morning," and you knew as soon as the sh- if the show started, you were safe and you could watch the show. So Shoestring was one of those shows. <clears throat> the only one I can remember was it was a Christmas episode, and it was a. It was it was a was it a racetrack, I think it was. It was a racetrack. And it would overheat and then it would blow up. And Shoestring had to go around trying to find like these five racetracks that had been sold. And it was a race against time. He had to get and this was doing this like Christmas Eve. And I can remember that there was there was one left that you had to find. And this kid creep crept down on Christmas Eve and opened up his presents and plugged it all in and shoestring spoilers shoestring managed to get in there and turn the power off just before the boy was going to turn the it was like oh my god this is amazing <laughs> i mean i've never watched it back so I, i'm pretty sure it doesn't hold up but I'm, that was 70s i think wasn't it shoestring it was yeah late 70s, late 70s. maybe early 80s maybe. with a great sound was with a great theme tune that i can't remember but i just remember that it was like Bow, bow, bow. No, I don't. Know. I don't know why I did bow, that. Down, down, down. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded more like a, a porn film, didn't it? <laughs> so I've been told. Yeah, so I've been told. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't know. Uh, right, go on then, Kim. You're number nine. Okay, number nine for me is Jack and Vera Duckworth. <laughs> Jack and Vera. What yeah. Great uh, I mean. Um, as a kid, obviously, every every 
every time you watch Corey, it was it, it it kind of felt to me growing up like that's what married couples are like. Jack and Vera. Yeah. Jack yeah. with his pigeons, Vera whinging and and all that. So really not much has changed. <laughs> <laughs> they, I mean, again, they used to have some good couples um, in Corrie, didn't they? Yeah. Uh, Hilda and Stan Ogden yep. was another one. Yeah. Um, oh, it was Ken and Deirdre Barlow. Oh my I know, yeah. I know. Yeah, it, it just feels, it feels to me like soaps have moved on, but not, like that, if you know what I mean. They don't have the same sort of connections these days as they did back then. I don't think no. they, have, they don't have lovable characters anymore. No, do they? I no. mean, it's been a long time since I've seen a soap opera. Yeah, I must admit. And the, 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 I mean, I used to be into EastEnders when it first started, but mm. and they, once you saw that they just start after like a three-year cycle, they just recycle the yep. storylines yep. with different people, or somebody old comes back. Yeah, but Coronation yeah. Street, I think, had the most sort of lovable characters characters yeah, yeah definitely yeah it always had the more humor to the soap as well didn't it Corrie? Mm-hmm. when i watched mm. eastern the same as pab lofty was still in it when i last watched eastern wow yeah, that's how long ago. <laughs> um it was always doom and gloom isn't it? i, I suppose mm. it still is also didn't um jack that was what was his real name bill Bill Tommy, Tommy, yeah, he, he was a singer as well. Yeah, he got, he got yeah. A, quite a decent recording yeah. contract, didn't he? And yeah, released some albums. Yeah, are yeah. they? Yeah. I know he died. Is, is she still think, with us? No, I don't think so. Uh, no, no. It's funny because it came up on my YouTube timeline a couple of weeks ago. Was the scene where Jack gets found? Like he's dead in his seat, he's dead mm. in his armchair, mm. and I'd never seen it before. And I thought, Christ, that's a bit. Oh my yeah. God, that's quite yeah. so oh, no. shocking. Was he yeah. rotting? No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was like this, just this, this puddle of of like northern muck. Oh, that sounds mm. horrible. I apologise. <laughs> <laughs> so northern listeners, yeah, I, I apologise, <laughs> northern listeners. I didn't mean he was northern muck. I meant that like he would have like corroded mm. into his seat. <laughs> and I apologise. I might cut that bit out. Gone and Neil, you're number nine. Let's move on. So it's a comedy duo. It's the two Ronnies. Ah, that's my number uh, five. So <laughs> what's not to love about these two? It took me a while to appreciate Ronnie Corbett more than Ronnie Barker. Uh, I think he was the more accessible when you were younger. But watching some of the reruns back, those stories, those armchair jokes oh. that Ronnie Corbett told are superb I mean I didn't yeah. appreciate them when I was younger I used to find that bit a bit boring and yeah. listening but the it was they were superb and the sketches were just so funny and they still hold up now they really do hold up well uh, and do. yeah yeah and of course Ronnie Barker wrote most of it didn't he mm-hmm. under a pseudonym whatever it was okay. but yeah uh, the, the phantom Raspberry, raspberry blower, blower of, yeah, old London town was a classic. Yeah. I was, and I, I tell you what, I, the other bit I appreciate more watching them again recently is the songs. Mm. It, it was finished with. They're a lot funnier than I remember <laughs> them being. Very yeah. clever wordplay. Very okay. clever. You were too Ronnie's fan? Kim? Not, not so much. Um, I liked. I don't remember a whole lot of, of watching them when I was younger, but n- now I've seen sort of reruns of, um, oh, what's the, what's the shop one? 
Open Arms. Open arms. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I loved him in that. Um, also, Sorry. Ronnie That's right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that that was quite funny. I loved the character that he played in that, but not so much together. I have right. to say, but again, that could be just because I wasn't brought up with it. So yeah, it was always mm. it was always well, it was one of the staple things to watch at Christmas, wasn't yeah. it? That, along yeah. with uh, another duo that I'm sure we'll talk yeah. about a little bit <laughs> later on. Um, but I'll tell you the one thing that sort of stopped me from watching them a little bit, and like a lot of things, it was not the nine o'clock news. Now, not the nine o'clock news did a piss take of the two mm. Ronnies. I don't know if you can remember that. It was um, Griff Rhys Jones, Jones and Mel and Smith. Mel Smith. Yep. And they were singing a song. Said, we're tipping up and down on the willy bum bum. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And it was like, it perf- and I fi- if I read, I think I read something where uh, Ronnie Barker was really offended by that song. Right. because he thought oh my god is this what people think of us do people just think that all we do is it's all about piss pronouncing our worms and stuff you know and and he, wow. I think he apparently was really hurt by that song and didn't didn't like the fact that they were taking the mickey out of out of that but i thought that was some of the stuff that, but it was weird how that stopped me turned me off of them for a little bit mm. But mm. I think they did a they did a like a retrospective thing, didn't they? Where they were both back in the studio and looking. That's back right. They old, did looking back, yeah. Just before episodes. Ronnie Barker passed. Mm. Yeah, it? and yeah. there's mm. some. There is some fantastic. I mean, the the, mm. the four candles sketch is just obviously yeah, classic. Genius. The mastermind. Classic. The mastermind. One of the greatest just, greatest mm-hmm. things yeah, ever written. Wordplay and so many great things and so many. Like I say, Ronnie Ronnie Barker doing his bits on his own. I was the same as you, Neil. When as soon as like the the armchair stuff with Ronnie Corbett came on, I was a little bit oh god, this is a bit boring. But you look back on them now, beautifully no, jokes. Yeah, very funny. You know, and the way he went off on a tangent and came back to the story was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. It's just that when you watch them, they do they do look very seventies, don't they? That's yeah. the thing, they, yeah. which is weird because that's when they came from. Was the seventies? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Okay, so uh, my number nine, they were more an audio um thing but they did appear on tv as Derek and clive oh um and i was and i think if i'm not i think it's the first time i heard the c word was listening to Derek and clive that's a famous one isn't it when i was about like i don't know how old i was probably eight or nine and i thought this is so not i shouldn't be listening to this (laughs) because it is like terrible and you again i'll put it on the the, in the the video playlist for our uh, patreoners but it's about as filthy as you can get i think (laughs) it is i mean it probably isn't shocking today but back then it was we were were exchanging the tape at school oh my god the first or second year at secondary school everybody was having a go at listening to the the tape exactly and it was that thing it made you feel like you were an adult Mm. because you were hearing these two guys like arguing with each other and you frack you crack and all that stuff mm. <laughs> and it was just like there, there wasn't sometimes there wasn't even any point to their stories it was just two guys chatting it's Dudley Moore and Peter Cook that's that's who Derek right. and Clive were yeah mm. um but I mean I can remember watching it or listening to that the first time uh, and they were on the TV, weren't they, Neil? I'm sure they I'm were. Sure they, 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 yeah, yeah. I mean, Dudley Cook and um, Peter, Dudley, uh, Dudley Cook Dudley and Peter Moore. Peter Moore <laughs> were on had their own TV show, didn't they? And they did yeah. Derek and Clive on there. That that's right. But yeah, obviously yeah. not the explicit version. Not the explicit you version. Had, you had but, to wait um, until they were drunk and in a studio doing yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And they would get quite, quite 
irate with each other as well. And some of it didn't yeah. sound like it was acting. Some of it sounded like they were, especially Peter Cook. Yeah, they were probably both so pissed, weren't they? But probably. also, it's the they corpsed all the time, all the time, all yeah. the time, wow. didn't they? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, um, I will put that in the video playlist if you haven't ever seen it. But it is, it's an education. I'll give you that. Yeah. It's definitely an education. I mean, I find it quite funny still, but oh, I some do. people I know don't. I some do. people I know really don't find it no. funny. They're like, what? No. <laughs> but it's a lot of swearing, and it's a lot of like grade A swearing as well. Mm. So just be warned. Kirsten, your number eight, please. Uh, this one, again, I had to figure out where I wanted to put this one. It was the bar scene from Inglorious Bastards. The whole, right. and it was, at the time, I remember watching it and not understanding how when they were doing the holding up the fingers, because I'm American, so I didn't know. Anyway, I'm like, what? You said three. And it's just the whole, that whole building of the tension and the way that like when he's holding up the, his fingers the wrong way, the other characters are like giving him this look and like, Oh my God, what did he do? You know, And then just all of a sudden, you know, the guns are being pulled and that, that whole scene, that was really good. I mean, there were mm. lots of other ones in that, but that one really got me. I agree. I agree. Again, that was, that was very close. I thought I had that in my top 10, but I, but I, no, I so haven't. Did I. I just had to look yeah, at the list. And I have it, and it reminded me. The first time I watched it, it reminds me of um, uh, oh god, what's the war war movie? What's the famous war movie? Uh, the Great Escape. Oh yes. When yes. when you have um, Richard Attenborough and Gordon Jackson, yeah, and they've practiced and practiced to always speak German mm-hmm. when they when they've when they've got out of the prison camp. And then one of the German officers says uh, um, something like, thank you very much. And they go, oh, thank you. And and they get caught really? because they, they didn't <laughs> carry on talking German. They spoke English. And, it, and that same thing of like not knowing how to do three, I think it was, wasn't it? Doing it either yeah. Yeah, they, three they, like they, that they or three like, like or something like that something like that yeah just a simple thing that they (laughs) yeah simple thing that they they should have known but it it pretty much kills everybody in the room Mm -hmm. and again it goes from being like this nice where they're all playing a nice simple game Mm -hmm. to just being this like just massive shootout which Mm -hmm. i think of course we forget michael fassbender's in that bit indeed isn't it we forget that he's in there yeah there's a lot brad pitt michael fassbender there's a Mm -hmm. lot of great people in that one yeah michael myers is yeah. it yeah Mike myers. i've got the um the kid from the office bj novak that's I right, right. He was in in it. yeah you're absolutely yeah. right yes yeah. yes and eli roth as well wasn't he? he's the yes the, i can't really call the bear or something the bear with the, yes, he was the, the, one bear. With the baseball bat. baseball bat yeah yeah great one uh gone then you're number eight so it's another dialogue driven scene and it is the dinner the diner scene like a virgin i don't tip that whole bit they sat around the table having the conversation so this is where i was saying this is where i don't think we'd seen anything like this before on the screen mm, i mean you can't even say kevin smith was after this as well with his dialogue so to me, this was where dialogue brought movies into the real life. It's, it's mm. conversations that everyday people would have, if you know mm. what I mean. And it's bloody funny. Mm. That whole bit when he sat there going, Chang. <laughs> and he, you know, and Harvey Keitel has to say. Uh, but anyway, just that whole scene is funny. Um, what do you mean you don't tip? So, and I think Steve Buscemi in Reservoir Dogs is superb that man mm. he could act couldn't he 
as well as being a hero and yes. a firefighter. But yeah. He was a teacher great. too. No, oh, yeah, he was. Yeah. Wow. And we don't seem to see enough of him now, do we? No. He did a series on HBO, but I hadn't seen anything since then. Oh, yeah, he did that Broadwalk yeah. Empire, mm-hmm. didn't he? Boardwalk Empire, yeah. yeah. He did, did, did either of you see that series with uh, Louis C.K. that he did? Um, mm-hmm. oh, God, Horace and Pete. It was a strange, strange series. It was done like a like a one set play. It was set in a bar, mm. and they they were two brothers that owned this bar. And it was it was it was at the point I think before the whole controversy with Louis C.K. Mm-hmm. where he could do what he wanted. They sort of said to him, "Look, make what you want." And I think he ended up he was selling it on his website, so you could pay what you wanted for it. And and it ended oh, okay. up going up on some I think it was on Amazon or something like that. And it was sort of comedy, but it was very dark comedy. But it was also, it was really disturbing in places, like really, really about mental health and mm. alcoholism. Alan Alda was in it as well, played their uncle. Oh, wow. And it was it was really good. But like, the, the, I, mean, I won't I won't spoil this because in case you get to see it. But the ending was like devastating, absolutely <laughs> devastating. Um, but like one minute you'd be laughing your head off, next minute you'd be crying your eyes out. But it's Horace and Pete. It was really, really strange. Um, never seen anything like it before. But there you go. Um, okay, so your number eight was from Reservoir Dogs, Neil. My number eight is Reservoir Dogs. You've done the start of the movie. I've done the end of the movie. The uh, Mexican standoff at the end oh, of the yeah. movie. Oh yeah. Where right to the end, Harvey Keitel is in Tim Roth's corner. And saying you're wrong, you're wrong. He's he's a good kid. He's a good kid, and uh, they have the Mexican standoff. And even even now, you still have to slow it down to see who exactly shot who, yeah, yeah. and uh, how that sort of worked and how that standed. And then it's the fact that and Harvey Keitel is so good. In it's that so scene. cool. But it's the fact that it's the fact when he's holding Tim Roth and Tim mm. Roth tells him that he is a cop. That he that he he breaks down and he realizes that that you know he, he backed the wrong horse basically, and the cops come in and say put the gun down, put the gun down, and he he shoots mm-hmm. him and everything all just fades to black. But uh, yeah, a great great scene. Harvey Keitel went through a real good spell, didn't he, in the early nineties and th- yeah, especially in in Quentin Tarantino's movies, especially right? the wolf. But then he went. I mean, it's not everybody's cup of tea, and it's a hard watch. But the bad lieutenant or the bad lieutenant, however you want to pronounce it, I think his performance in that is just mesmerising I mean it's uncomfortable viewing then he did the piano do you remember with Holly Hunter mm-hmm. and everybody he had a real real resurgence again I, I, I love Kaito I think he's a great actor mm-hmm. and then he did a load of adverts uh, commercials in the UK as Mr Wolf didn't he he did directly for, oh, did he? Yeah, yeah. For, for insurance for an insurance company yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought my god I mean he's obviously getting paid well and yeah. he's using that money for whatever he's using that money for but all of a sudden like Mr Wolf would turn up and uh, <laughs> what was the last thing he was in probably um, The Irishman wasn't it I haven't seen him in anything he since he was in The Irishman and he wasn't in that very much I mean if only there was some kind of way we could find out yeah he's one of those <laughs> actors that you know I could happily watch all day long I find him mesmerising to watch uh, A Righteous Man in, 19, in 2021 was oh the okay I've not, not heard of that. He's got 10 upcoming projects. So he's, oh, so he's working. We just haven't seen it. Seen yeah, he's, him, yeah, he's busy. He's going to be in the new National Treasure TV series. Oh, yeah, yeah. I read about that. He's playing the same role again, isn't he? Oh, is he? 
Yeah. All right, yeah, Peter Sadowski. There you go. God bless IMDb. It's this. Yes, what, I love IMDb. <laughs> that's what it's there for. Yeah. That's what it's there for. Okay, uh, Donald, your number seven, then, please. My number seven, Robin Hood Men Tights. Right. Yeah. So this is one. I'm not a massive fan of this one. I have to admit. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I, it's a long time since I've only ever seen it. I think once. There you go. I've only seen it once. Yeah. So what? Why? Why, why is it? Why is it your number seven then, Donald? Oh, uh, just uh, Gary Eels. I've always loved his acting from Princess Bride to that to Hot Shots. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but it's just the ways that it pokes fun at Prince of Thieves without actually calling out Prince of Thieves. Yeah, yeah. Like the one line. <laughs> But I can actually speak with an English accent, unlike yes. some other Robin Hoods. <laughs> <laughs> he is a he is a true. I always feel that like um, I don't know how is it Carrie Elwes. I don't know how you say his yeah. name. He feels to me like he was born out of time. He should have been a like a forties fifties movie star. He was somebody that like had the the looks of somebody that was like a Errol Flynn. Or uh, Cary Grant, that kind of. Do you know? He just. I don't think he ever seemed to be a bigger star as he should have been. I don't know. I don't know whether anybody else feels. No, I agree. I agree because he's. Uh, I don't know what he's done recently, but he was. He went into sword and he did saw. Yeah. Just, I know he's on TV and some bits and bobs, but yeah, I, I agree with you, Pav. He deserved more fame than he. Probably has, if you know what I mean. Mm. More recognition, I think, is the word. But then you got to say, I mean, it, it, men, uh, Princess Bride. He's sort of like he's an, he's a um, a, a cult hero, would you say? Because mm. of, uh, of Princess Bride, but but yeah, yeah. I, I was just looking I to see. What, that, yeah, yeah. I was just looking to see, and I didn't realize he's actually English, isn't he? Yeah, he he's so yeah. good at doing American accents that you think <laughs> yeah. that he's that he's American, but. Uh, I was just going to look and see if he's... Uh, so Men in Tights, tell me again who else is in it apart from... Who was the well, female this, lead? This was the first movie Dave Chappelle ever did. Right. Wow. Uh, yeah. Oh, it's his... Um, Let's see. So you've got Amy Yasbeck as Marion. Yeah. Um, Richard Lewis as Prince John. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Roger Reese as Sheriff of Nottingham. Um, Dave Chappelle, Isaac Hayes, yeah, as Dave's as, uh, the fa- as his father, there, yeah, Tracy Ullman was in it. Um, oh, yeah, for as <laughs> Patrick Stewart was King Richard, Dom DeLuise as Don Giovanni, uh, Mel Brooks as Rabbi Tuckman, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, and just other bits and pieces, but yeah, one, I, one I, other thing I'll say though. There's so many actual callbacks to previous Mel Brooks movies in this. Right, right. Because yeah, at the end, time. when he makes a chew the sheriff, they're like, a black sheriff? It worked <laughs> in Blazing Saddles? <laughs> <laughs> I feel I might need to, I should give this this movie another. Uh, just yeah, another it must try, be on one of the streaming devices, sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. most definitely. But, uh, and it, well, 
is one that probably not a lot of kids would get, but when they at the wedding scene as the abbot's coming out and the one guy is like, Hey Abbot <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that's a good one. That's a good one. Pro- produced and directed by Mel I was gonna say Mel Gibson then, that's not right at all. <laughs> uh, that wouldn't be the right one. Although I, I would like to see a, a, a Mel Gibson directed parody movie, maybe of the Passion <laughs> of the Christ. Do his own parody of it. Do his own parody of it. That would be fun. Uh, Go on then, Neil, you're number seven. Uh, My number seven is Monty Python and the Holy Grail. That's my number five. That's my my number four. Oh, there you go. So, well, if you haven't seen it, well, us three obviously have, but anybody listening to this has never seen it. Where have you been for the last 40, 50 years? Um, It's a great movie, isn't it? It's... um, (laughs) I, I actually love the documentary about this as much as watching the movie. When you know, when you find how difficult it was for them to film, and uh-huh. it was it was all them rock star mates that bailed them out. You know, Jimmy Page yep. and Robert Plant and all of those lot ended up financing it. Um, right from the, I mean, I could I could listen to the soundtrack to this movie, which I have got in my car. Um, along with the other Python movies, works just as well as an audio. I bought it on Audible. <laughs> yeah, it works just as well as, a, a, like you said, an Audible or, a, a you know, a list, easy listening. Oh, I just think it's great. We could sit here all day and quote it, couldn't we? Yes. None yes. shall pass. Yeah. I had the um, the the written screenplay... Oh, all in you? different, yeah. It was all in different colors, and there was like an uh, an annotated. Is that right? Annotated, yeah. like little scribbles and that that they like recreated yeah. of what like, changed in the script and stuff. Um, again, for uh, like bang for your buck, um, laughs. Mm. But again, it's one of those movies you've got to watch the yeah. the around the players that are talking because oh, there's stuff going on everywhere. Yeah. You know, you've always got to be looking because there's something going, and they're so clever with their writing. Yeah, they're, they're, but they always were, weren't they? With they the always TV were. Show, yeah, they always know, were. We, all, I mean, they're just geniuses. I think one of almost like not many of a kind, is it? There's not many people that can get away and do that sort of humour. We don't seem to have that sort of people around at the moment. To me, mm. that are able to transpire that sort of humour, but. No, she turned thought, me into a newt. <laughs> but that's the thing, they would craft a joke, wouldn't they? They would craft a joke. It wouldn't just be punchlines. The thing is, that their jokes have become punchlines now, haven't they? They yeah. become catchphrases. Yeah. But, but they would they would craft a joke and they wouldn't necessarily go for the obvious joke. And they'd no. sometimes put words in that, that I wouldn't know what they, because they're all from university and stuff, I wouldn't understand some of the words that they meant. But in the context of what they're saying, you'd understand the joke mm. if that makes sense I don't know if yeah, that yeah. makes sense or not some of the uh, Graham Chapman insults, doesn't re- re- oh sorry Don I'll say it again some of the strangest insults too yes exactly I fart in your general direction <laughs> which I actually have the t-shirt of that but have you got I that? don't tend to wear it much because people look at me and just oh, you with weirdness <laughs> why would you not have a t-shirt like that and not wear it because well, I do wear it, but only around that I know around people. Anyway, yeah, great thing. But of course, Graham Chapman doesn't remember any of it, does he? Well, no, he's dead, Neil. Why no, no, no. As in, <laughs> he doesn't. When you when you read interviews, he can't remember filming 
any of that film. He was so drunk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, yeah. And and has any of you guys seen Spam a lot? Yes, I have. Unfortunately, I haven't had the opportunity. No, to. I've not either. I just want I've listened whether to it... the soundtrack for it though. Is it good, yeah. Neil? Is it good? Yeah, very good. It's very audience. It's very Monty Python. Probably more Eric Idle style Monty Python, right? Obviously, because okay. mm. he wrote it. They do use like always look on the bright side of life in it. They bring yeah. that across and things like that. Um, but as audience participation, if you're sat, I can't remember the seat. If you're sat in it, you get picked. They they pick somebody every night. Oh right, come up and do bits. Um, yeah hilarious it's proper Monty Python on the stage with great music oh that sounds so, good excellent yeah, I'd recommend if it, if it ever does a tour again around just treat yourself and go and see it right right because I don't think it's on in our West End anymore I have no idea no yeah, idea. I don't think it's on Broadway anymore either no well, there is supposed to be a movie coming on, I think, of it, isn't there? I think they were well, going to do a movie. A yeah, so, I haven't yeah. heard anything for years of that, though. It was a few years well, ago. I suppose COVID would have gone. I can just yeah. imagine the tagline for it. The movie, based on the movie, based on the movie, exactly. yeah. based on the myth. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but you'd want, the, want Eric Idle, yeah. if he was to ever do that, is to bring the the remaining Pythons into the fold. Oh, you? oh they'd have to. They would yeah. have to. Yeah, they would you? have to. Of course they would, yeah. Um, okay, so my number seven, uh, I have mentioned this movie already. It's another Mel Brooks one, uh, and it is Silent Movie. <laughs> I watched this movie one Sunday night. I think I've t- said this on another podcast. What They did a, I think it was a Mel Brooks, no, it would have been a Dom de Louise season on BBC Two, one Sunday, like a, sun, a month and Sundays. And they had The End was the first movie with Burt Reynolds. Which uh, uh-huh. he plays like uh, he plays plays a, a mental patient, and I laughed. There's one scene where Burt Reynolds tries to kill himself, wakes up in a mental institution, and Dom DeLuise, you think he's the doctor interviewing uh, Burt Reynolds, but he's not. He's a mental patient, and it all goes crazy. And I laughed. I've never laughed so much in my life. And then the following week was Silent Movie, and there's a scene where Dom DeLuise is on this table and he's dancing like a Spanish like guy you know clicking his fingers and slowly the table starts going down (laughs) i absolutely wet myself again like two weeks on the trot but this movie is famous because it is it's a silent movie about mel brooks trying to make a silent movie Mm -hmm. so it's got loads of famous people of the time in uh, burt reynolds there's a famous scene where he's having a shower and all of a sudden all these other hands start washing him and it's, right. and it's Mel Brooks and it's Marty Feldman and Dom DeLuise and they're all trying to get all these people into uh, or Mel Brooks trying to get all these people into his movie and the only word that is said in the whole movie is the famous um, my Mine. artist Marcel yeah. Marceau <laughs> yeah. when they ask will you be in a movie and he goes no and that's no. the only <laughs> words but, and it is such a funny movie it's so good I'm a massive fan of Dom DeLuise mm. He's just one of my favourite, favourite actors. Um, but yeah, Sid Caesar, uh, yeah, Bernadette Peters, um, Fritz Feld, he looks familiar. I'm not quite sure who that is. Um, but there's, yeah, so many famous people. Obviously, Burt Reynolds. Is, if you if you get a chance to, to watch it, I've, I've got no idea whereabouts it is. I'm sure it must be on 
somewhere. Probably find DVDs of it on yeah. On, on but eBay. again, it's, it's like Cannonball Run. You, it's not on any streaming services anywhere, Neil. Is it? You've got no. to get it on like a German import. That's what I had to Blu-ray. do to get the Blu-ray of it. I had to yeah. get a German import. It's crazy. I love it. Really it's so hard to get hold of some of these movies, mm. but um, I would thoroughly recommend anybody who fancies having a laugh just to watch that. We need to open a cinema and start showing these. Sort yes, of films yes, that's, that's what we should. I, I, going on a bit of a tangent, I have started listening to the Tarantino podcast. Yeah. The what was it called? Video archive. Is Video it? archive, and that is really good. That's what, is. Have you listened to it, Neil? Have you? Not yet. No. Yeah, it and is, anyone yeah. who's a movie um, fan. Some of the movies I've got no idea who they're, what they're talking about, but it makes me want to watch them. That's the thing; it right. makes me want to watch those movies. So, recommend that. So, Jack, your number six, please. My number six. Now, for this one, he's he's not your typical villain, but he's got a lot of, I suppose, haters is the word. He's hated on quite a lot. LeBron James. Okay. Okay. So he's he's probably one of the most criticised athletes in the world he had a lot of hype which he's more than lived up to um, and yeah it's weird he's, he's actually you know there's, he's not done anything majorly wrong really the one scandal he's had is uh, when he left his boyhood club uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers he sort of made a whole TV drama about it I think it was called Decision and he, he did like a press conference and yeah, he basically went to the Miami Heat to team up with a load of uh, superstars, make a super team. And I think mean, basketball has been that way ever since, like people just joining up now and ruining the, the competitiveness of the league. But yeah, he's, he's not your typical villain because mm. he hasn't got any uh, major character flaws really, but just the amount of abuse that he gets and people just don't like him really. Probably because he's so good. Mm. Or he starred in Space Jam (laughs) 2. Well, I mean, he doesn't help himself because he likes to be compared to Michael Jordan. He wears the same number as him. Yeah. And he just can't quite live up to that. And I've not not seen Space Jam 2, but from what I hear, it's nowhere near as good as the original. So that's probably just another thing he's not quite... Mm. managed to live up to Michael Jordan on. but then he, he also moved to the Lakers as well to, and did the, exactly the same thing where he, he joined with a few other sort of superstars and I think they won the I think they won the championship the first year they did yeah but again he's not like he's not going to live up to Kobe Bryant out there like that's that's impossible um, exactly so he's yeah so he's not like he's not a bad guy like a lot of these people on the list but just very I guess it gets more hate online and probably all of these people mm. he was pretty good in train wreck though although he did just play himself but he was pretty good in train wreck I, I who, who starred in that that's uh, Amy Schumer and uh, yes, Bill I've Hader. seen that one yeah, yeah. yeah. but he just played himself yeah. so it wasn't it wasn't a massive stretch for him I'm sure but yeah yeah uh, okay then Neil you're number six then please so it's another footballer I'm afraid but it's one that Pav might join forces with me and say actually I agree with this it's Paul Scholes okay why because of the way he used to tackle Oh, right. And, is how that he, yeah. <laughs> and how he never ended putting anybody in hospital. Right, okay. He was, uh, I mean, he got sent off enough times. And he always did that, 
He used to annoy me if we ever played him. He was the one person that would score a goal when you never thought it was on and suddenly kick in and it go. But oh, it was his tackling. I used to watch it with dread and I used to think one day he's going to go right all the way through in that tackle and somebody's going to have a serious injury. He really didn't give a shit. Like oh, no, he, yeah, he wasn't, a, he, he wasn't a tackler, was he? No. I mean, he kept doing it, though, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. 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 So, Paul Scholes, there you go. And it used to it wound <laughs> okay. me up. It literally, no, that is the reason why I put him as a villain, because he really did used to wind me up watching him. Yeah. Um, I mean, I used to, uh, I lived with a Man United supporter and that, and they could see no wrong, but it used to wind me up so badly. I'm not taking away, he was, he, even though he played for Man United, he was a good footballer. He was a great footballer, but he just had no ability to tackle. That's fair enough. I mean, look, I've, I've, as much as I hate Manchester United, I've got no Manchester United players or anyone in my Sporting Villains top 10. Mainly because if it had been 11, I would have just put all 11 Man United players as yeah. a thing, but, but there's no point in doing that. Weird thing is, I've got a couple of Liverpool players in my top 10, no. but, uh, but we'll, we'll get on to that. Yeah, Scholes was just a, he was a, a I can't. I can't say quality player because he was Man United. I can't get it out. I can't. He, he was. He was do not get into an argument about him with, with Man United fans because I think they've got him on a pedestal as crazy. Yeah, good they stuff. do. They do, Jack. And this is the problem. Well, you know, Ollie, don't you? Um, yes. Him. Yeah. So he, he, we, I, I went on his podcast and we did a, a top fifty players of of the noughties and. He he has skulls over Zidane, so that's the kind of uh, deludedness. Sorry, Ollie. The <laughs> <laughs> Man United fans have on him, but it's it's weird because like he never used to do interviews when no. he was a player, mm. and yet now he's always on BT Sport and stuff. Yeah, the it's, pundit. It, it's but, weird that he's a pundit now. Yeah, then to be fair, he's a bit like Roy Keane. He won't. He won't sugarcoat stuff if it's if it's Man United. Mm. You know he won't he won't kiss ass the players of Man United. He if he thinks that they're doing badly, he'll he'll you know really put them through the ringer, which I think is is really it's interesting to hear because I always think they're like especially like Gary Neville and all that they're all the sort of the class of ninety two and they all stick together and. It's it's always nice, and he he's like I say like Roy Keane. I hated Roy Keane as a player, but as a pundit, I think he's one of the top pundits because he'll say it exactly how it is, yeah. and he doesn't give a shit if people don't like what he says. He'll just say it, and if it means it upsets a few people in the hierarchy of the club that he used to love or that he does love, so be it, you know. But um, yeah, still Man United. I just I'm sorry, sorry Ollie, but I just I just can't. I I, I love speaking to Ollie just so that I can keep playing the Aguero moment for him. Um, any any choice that I get, there was a, a a tweet that he put out earlier on about something, and for some I can't remember what, how I did it, but I still put the Aguero moment <laughs> as, as, a, as a as a as a an answer. Um, he didn't like me for that, but there you go. Love you, Ollie. Uh, okay, so my number six. Uh, again, someone that is a legend in the sport that they were in, um, but a couple of moments make him a villain, and that's Mike Tyson. Oh, that's um, my number five. He's my number four. Okay. Yeah, he was in my sporting heroes, and he's also in my sporting villains. Exactly, exactly. That sums up quite well for him, I think, to be in both. I mean, there's, there's no, for me, there's no better boxer. I think he was the total package when it came to a boxer. 
just no frills, get in there, do the job, get out. But when he started losing his power, if you like, he resorted to things like biting someone's ear off, you know, yeah. and then also the stuff that he got up to out of the ring. Um, and I think when we said on the Sporting Heroes, we said that a lot of the Sporting Heroes that I love have got that streak of of badness in them, you know, that, mm. that, that, that streak of rogueness in them. Um, sometimes it's a thing that makes you draw yourself towards them as opposed to someone like Steve Davis, if you like. He was just goes there, does the job, goes home, drinks a glass of milk, goes to bed. And I don't know if he drinks a glass of milk before he goes to bed. I don't know. I've never been there. I don't, but, you know, <laughs> you could imagine yeah. that he did. But Mike Tyson was dangerous. Uh, but the trouble is he was also dangerous out of the ring as well as in the ring. So yeah. you know, what, what about you guys, Jack? Yeah, so, I mean, it's... It's, uh, Holyfield's the one where everyone kind of remembers his in-the-ring stuff but I think there's a few fights where he got disqualified for different things and he so many press conferences I can remember him like starting fights before and I know it does happen but it seemed to happen like every fight with him mm-hmm. and he just kind of he probably lived up to the baddest man on the planet title that, that he had for a bit really and yeah, it's it's weird. I, I really like Mike Tyson. He's always one of my favourite ever boxers, but mm. you can't deny he's a, he's yeah. a proper villain. He is. And, and like Pav said, the, the stuff that went on outside of the ring, there's just no justification, is it? There's nothing mm. to say, but it was bad and wrong, and he is a villain in that sense. But I think it was from the uh, Holyfield fight that everything went down shit creek didn't it yeah it yeah really i mean did. i think it started with buster douglas when he, he lost there because he wasn't in a good place i think then was no it? but, but that the, was the actual, start of the decline but it was and then the press got on board with the ear bite and it just everything went really down for him mm. but yeah you can't take away what a great boxer he was but also what a great villain he is Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, 
like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Anyway, Paul, you're number five, please. Quick, let's move on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll just say that before I do, um, that Saturday Night Fever was in like probably like honorable, honorable mentions, really, because it was like, oh, it's really good, but I think there's other ones that are... Okay, more, yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was but, definitely mine. Yeah, so uh, my number five... Um, that was tough to pick about well because the whole film all three in the trilogy are great but the one I have most connection to is The Fellowship of the Ring The Lord, Lord of the Rings okay yeah yeah so um, I have the connection from I think my mum took me to the cinema to see when I was young I think it was 2001 I think it was yeah, yeah yeah when it came out and I just remember again like this whole epic fantasy coming to play out on the screen it's like oh it's a really long film um but i was i'm enjoying it all the way through and the score just stood out to me from that again howard shaw being a a great composer and you got the things like the for the prologue obviously the introduction to like all the backstory to everything that's that's great and then you got like it goes into the shire music and everything all about that happy nice everything it's like i really like that um, to listen to and just as as it is, and but then you got those really epic moments, um, you know, like at the top of um, was it Weather Top? I think this is one of the, the the bits where the the ring wraiths come and get the hobbits and everything, and then that's just really just wow, it's, it's so cool, so mm. dramatic and everything, and even the um, the closing song by Enya maybe is is that I really like as well. I feel like it's very ethereal and fits the the the, the vibe of the, the film. It's, it has and everything so uh, yeah just oh, oh, my favourite one of the trilogy but the music is so fitting for the the fantasy isn't it it, yeah, it yeah. sounds like it was from then does that exactly. make sense yeah 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 no yeah. I, I get what I mean yeah yeah it just fits so well with everything all, all elements and everything um, just yeah just like epic the epic journey and everything I'm all for that kind of thing in terms of like video games as well that kind of fits into that with like Elden Ring and mm. that kind of thing yeah, yeah. Well, no, it's that's it's a that, great that, bit that of music. Celtic, that Celtic feel as well, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think goes yes. along with the that's... the whole fantasy side of it and um, swords and elves and. But it's become a piece of music, like so many, like a lot of others. Where as soon as you hear it, you think, "Oh, I know exactly what that's from." Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's become. Yeah embedded isn't it it'll be interesting to see with a new tv show whether the musical stand stand up Mm. to that because that's you want to hope so with the amount of bloody money they've spent on this (laughs) (laughs) yeah but that's amazon see amazon they've got money to burn so you know but uh yeah i think that is intrigued considering that they're they're they're, they're sort of showing it so close to the start of the new like game of thrones prequel show as well I think they're that, doing it on purpose. Aren't but they? that's a lot of new names and places of mm. and names of places to have to try and remember who they are and where they are. And 
I find that sort of very confusing. I know I'm very dumb, but mm. it just it is like my name's Elveron from Tinkerfon, and I'm going to Pigabong to see Dovadon, and you just think, oh my god, it's just too much. <laughs> just kill the man for God's that, sake. Man. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds intriguing. Come on, Amazon, I'm available. Yeah, billion dollars, and I'll sort well, of do it for half that. Eh? I'll do it half that. 15 episodes for a yeah. series. Well, let's hope it's as strong as they said. So at the time of recording, it hasn't been released, if you're listening. That's to right. This, uh, yeah. uh, and at the time of recording, it's the most expensive TV series ever, isn't it? It is. Yeah. It is. Let's wait and see. Uh, go on then, Neil, your number five, please. So this has now become a musical on the West End. I've not seen the musical, but Moulin Rouge. Moulin Rouge. Um, it's the way... They incorporate so many famous songs into, um, I well, obviously a burlesque show. Is it? Is that what we're going to call it? Um, yeah. I I love this soundtrack to this day. I love the medleys they did. The Elephant Medley is superb. Ewan McGregor sings so great. We've spoken about it time and time again on this podcast, but it's still a musical soundtrack that just is great. Obviously, you've got original songs reimagining of songs I love the Jim Broadbent I've grown to love it I didn't used to like it when I first watched it the Jim Broadbent Like a Virgin I find hilarious now and it's really good really really well done um, I love the movie uh, Pav scared me from going to see it on the West End after what his daughter said so I mean look you might you might enjoy I it might. they obviously went in there thinking it was going to be something else but they've changed it and added different songs they yeah really I will go and see it but not while it's 100 quid a ticket now that's ridiculous it is stick the movie on yeah yeah I, I think Ewan McGregor's fantastic in that in that mm. movie and got a great singing voice as well I would love to have seen him in Guys and Dolls which he did didn't he in mm. the early 2000s or what mid 2000s apparently he was phenomenal in that who knew yeah, Paul? I've only seen the film once, unfortunately. So I think there was a time where I wasn't really too into musicals, but I've kind of grown more and more to like them now. Mm. So I think it's probably due, very much due a rewatch, really, um, for that. Yeah, but I do remember the, the visually very pleasing film. So uh, mm. the soundtrack I'm less familiar with, but yeah. I get Baz Luhrmann, wasn't it? He's definitely it got was. his own, he's got his own kind of style. Oh, well, yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, without a doubt. But a great movie, great movie, Paul. I would highly recommend watching it again. <laughs> Just immerse yourself because it is one of those. Mm. Yeah. Uh, okay, my number five. I think this movie I've probably mentioned more than any other in the whole of the, what's this, episode 56, uh, of all the other 55 episodes, even ones that have got nothing to do with music or movies, I will talk about this movie. Uh, I had to put this uh, as a soundtrack. It's The Greatest Showman. <laughs> so many times I've talked about The Greatest Showman. Um, there isn't a single, and they're all like original songs there isn't any songs on there that they've reworked or anything and every single song on this soundtrack makes me cry like a wuss every single one i don't know why i still don't know why to this day um and they are just perfect pieces of pop music um work fantastically well in the in the movie and and there are so many people in this movie that are just like talented on every level whether it's singing dancing acting looking great 
Zendaya, Zac Efron, Hugh Jackman, they've all got, do you know what I mean? They, they were at the top of the talent tree and they hit every branch on the way down. Um, uh, there isn't really much more I can say about The Greatest Showman. So, Paul, have you uh, had the de- have you watched it? Have you enjoyed it? Has it jumped into your heart as much as it jumped into mine? I can't say that it has. <laughs> I've not, I've not, I haven't seen it, but I've, I'm always, it's so strange because I've heard a lot of bad things about it. So it's kind of, in what it's, way? It's, I don't know that people would say I was really boring or the songs were rubbish or they just did what a waste of time that was i don't know it's just a bit of a so that's kind of put me off seeing it honestly because it's like but it's 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 very odd for um somebody to like say like it's fantastic it's like one of the favorite things it's it really sort of intrigues me now because it's like okay well maybe there's there's something I, as I say, I'll give it a chance at some point. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Based on your recommendation of it. Because um, one thing, you don't take it as a historical document on the life of P.T. Barnum. Because right. from what I've heard, P.T. Barnum was a bit of a shit. Okay. You know, he, he wasn't the nicest of people to his uh, his, if you want to call them employees. Right. Uh, you know, um, so to take it that it's not like, oh, this happened and this happened for real. Because obviously Hugh Jackman is the star and they want him to be this lovable rogue, if you like. Sure. But as sure. a piece of entertainment, where it, as a musical, yeah. personally, the first time I watched it, I, I've said it before on him, I watched it with my arms folded and my wife, when we came out of the cinema, said, you didn't like that, did you? And I said to her, I fucking loved it. I said, I haven't <laughs> stopped crying for the last hour and a half. And we, I got, I bought the soundtrack. I watched it again and again. I think I watched it like three or four times at the cinema. And I cried every single time. It just, I, and I still, to this day, what, what year did it come out? Was it 2017, 2016, something like that? Yeah. I still watch it now and it brings a lump to my throat. And I don't know why. Because, again, it, it is not the greatest acted. It's not the great. It's not the most um, original of movies. But there's some gold dust that they've sprinkled okay. on it for some reason. And I don't know why. <laughs> I honestly don't know why. You might watch it and go, well, that was terrible. I'm never going to talk to Pav again because he's wasted like an hour and a half of my life. Um, but, Neil, you love it, don't you? I, I like it. I like it. I um I'm not as big a fan as you. Um I don't mind it. I've only seen it a couple of times. That sounds really weird, doesn't it? But film geeks all know the same. You always see a film on once. Um Yeah, yeah, the songs are really there's some songs I find more catchier than others. Yeah, no, I'll give you that. Yeah. But um yeah, I don't mind it at all. It's 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 what I call, and this isn't disrespectful, but it's a Sunday afternoon movie. That's no, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. It's not going to win any Oscars for greatest like performances or anything like that. Mm. But it is a perfect movie to put on on a Sunday afternoon and just chill and get lost for hour and 45 minutes two hours whatever it is yeah and it was also um well known for the critics absolutely hating it but yet it made a shit ton of money it did it did it did really well at the cinema the public love it they they obviously did didn't they yeah and the critics were wrong that time but well i can remember with the first week i think it only took something like it didn't take much in the box office on the first weekend and everyone was going it's a bomb this is gonna bomb and then it stayed in the in the charts and the cinemas for like weeks and weeks and weeks. It did. People and just kept, people going, kept going back. And like I was like, I was one yeah, of okay. them. Just kept maybe, going back. Maybe that's why a, a part of the, the course as well. Like, oh, if people were like, there's critics slating it as well. Mm. It's like, oh, well, is that worth really watching? Because I know, like, with 
either two ways kind of the critics rave about it and then you watch them going what are you what, what what did i just watch and sometimes it's the other way around and it's like if it's the audience that that's speaking to, to what's what's good and what isn't so mm, yeah. against the critics. So yeah, yeah, I agree. But I would, I would, I would watch it definitely. It's it's worth a watch, and okay. at least you can have your own say on it. And can yeah, do you yeah. agree with the critics or do you yeah. agree with Pav? Exactly. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I, sh- I shall I shall wait for the uh, strongly worded email that we get from <laughs> from you. <laughs> um, right then, Lisa, your number four, then please. So my number four is from 1979, Brass in Pocket by The Pretenders. Oh, great yeah. tune. So I I think really Chrissy Hind, in my opinion, is probably one of the most talented female artists ever. Um, and, you know, I mean, she's just, I mean, she's stunning. Just the lyrics are stunning. The way she performs them are stunning. I'm every little aspect of this song and all the songs that she sings, I just love. There's nothing that she's done that I didn't like. Mm. So, um, but I wanted to tell you, I looked up a little trivia on her. Nice. She also wanted to do some work in the UK. I don't know if you guys know this. And she couldn't get a work permit. And so she asked Johnny Rotten to marry her. So All right. that she would be able to legally uh, work in the UK. And he said no. But Sid Vicious said yes. So she and Sid Vicious went to the court to get married, and it was closed for a long holiday. And so it oh. never happened. But had it wow. happened, it would be a whole different story now. Wow. Isn't that cool? That yes. is very cool. Because she did went did go on to, yeah, she did go on to marry Jim Kerr, didn't she, from Simple Minds? She did. Yes. yes. Well obviously a lot of a few years after, but um Yeah, she yeah. she was one of the ladies I can remember watching what year was this? Seventy nine, you said. Uh, 79 yes yeah so I would have been I would have been 10 I can remember watching her on Top of the Pops and then finding out that she was American and thought how glamorous she was because she was American yeah you know because at that age it was like if you watched something on TV like the streets of San Francisco or Starsky and Hutch it was glamorous because wow that's America we're watching America on on the TV, yeah. and it was like it was a different planet because you heard all about these amazing things about them, like Disneyland and and Hollywood and and whatever you saw. Well, this is speaking personally. If I ever saw a glimpse of America on the TV, you would always go, "Oh my God, look at that place! It's amazing!" You know, <laughs> it's like it's a different world, and I still feel like that sometimes. When you even when you get get to go over there, you think, "Oh, this is America." Where I'm sure people in America are going, "This goddamn country." <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I happen to feel like I live in one of the best states, you know, and, and certainly. Californians are controversial if you go anywhere else in the United States, with the exception of, you know, West Coast and New York. Um, but, you know, it's just such a, an attitude here that's just so, it's great. It's like, you know, we've got all this nature and we've got all these people anxious to conserve and all these people anxious to be fit and all these things, you know, and it's just kind of got this just really, really a good energy, a great vibe. Yeah. So um, I get it. Bob, I get it. I'm I still love living in California. And, and my whole family has moved away. I'm the only one um living in Southern California still. So 
Um, but I love it here. I, I don't think mm -hmm. I'm going anywhere else. But um, one of the other things that I learned about the pretenders that I didn't know was that one of the founding members, band members, was Peter Frampton. Really? Well, there yes. you go. There's a fact for you. There's another Speaking fact. You're full of these amazing facts, Lisa. Neil, you're going to be closely out of a job here. Yeah? I'm telling you. I, 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 I honourably hand over my chat <laughs> because that's an ace fact. That's fantastic. I mean, some people come here with their top ten on written on a bit of paper, and that's it. Lisa, there has got. Look at the reams oh, and reams of facts there. This is. I mean, that's that's worth a ding on the bell. If anything is that's reams. Amazing. Reams. reams and reams <laughs> fantastic that's what uh, happens when you give me 30 days to come that, up with a list of 10 things well next time we're going to give you 60 days and I'm expecting like a complete like documentary yeah. <laughs> ready to play a Good complete grief. compendium yeah <laughs> fantastic uh, go on then Neil you're number four so another Clash song is going to hit it I'm going to go with the everyday popular single London Calling <laughs> I think it's uh, it's a is Clash at their best. It's I know it's a a well known song, and there's loads of others to choose from. But I don't think this is dated. This shows them in their prime. It shows them exactly what they did, and it's great to see their evolution into different songs that, and styles that they went through. And Joe Strummer, I think, was a great, great frontman. Often, and like I said before, the Clash seems to have been forgotten. Joe Strummer certainly is forgotten. He died in, what was it, 2002, young, by, mm. with a heart attack, wasn't it? I mean, <clears throat> I don't know why his career sort of nosed... Well, he might not have nosedived, but to me it did a little bit. He ended up being the front man for the Pogues for a little bit. And Good fact, Neil. Well yeah, done. there you go. I'm coming with another one. <laughs> but, uh, I He's fighting back, a, Lisa. He's yeah, fighting yeah. back. <laughs> I always thought it was a bit of a, um, a bit of a bizarre, a bit of a bizarre choice. But I, I think Joe Strummer is one of the was or was one of the coolest dudes that ever graced. I used to think that that guy was so cool. Way playing on stage, he was he was a great entertainer, and we we forget how much he, how good he was at what he did. Yeah, and wrote great songs. Yeah. So was he the actual songwriter of the Clash, or was it like he a, wrote a lot of the lyrics, collaboration? Or uh, there were collaborations. He wrote a lot. He came. He was. He was primarily the lyric writer, I believe. Oh right. Yeah. So, and he was instrumental on changing their sound, taking them to do you know different ways and places to play and things like that. So, yeah, I don't think they get the credit nowadays that they honestly deserve. Because they sort of picked up where the Sex Pistols left. I know they were around at the same time and everything, but they sort of picked up where the Sex Pistols left off and sort of changed punk a little bit and made it more accessible to Definitely. Else. Yeah, definitely. Sex Pistols were a hard act to follow. Mm. And um, definitely Clash kind of mainstreamed it in a little bit. They really did, yeah. I think their songs were a lot more accessible than Oh, it, easily, yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But yeah, I would highly recommend the greatest hits. I think you might be. I will. Surprised. I will. I'll add it to the list, Neil. I'll add it. To the list. <laughs> I would come up with an amazing fact, but I've got absolutely nothing, so I can't. Um, for your I, I, next, uh, for your number four, Pav, give us a fact. Well, my number four um, is somebody that has had a massive resurgence this year due to a particular TV series, um, and it's not that song uh but it's kate bush and wuthering heights oh yeah and this very very closely got some was going to be in my top 10 of songs that make me cry 
I love Kate Bush, mm. and I think not just musically, but I think she's absolutely gorgeous. I'm with you on that one as well, pal. And there's and there's some people that say she's very scary because she always has her eyes like wide open and stuff like that. But you see her in the, is it the babushka video where she's got yeah. like this warrior outfit on? Goodness me! I mean, you can nearly see everything. I mean, you can nearly see everything. It's crazy. <laughs> it's like nearly all hanging out in that in that costume. Uh, so I've heard not that I've watched the video myself I would pretend that I've never seen it uh, but this song has got one of the, one of the most beautiful choruses and for some reason it's the bass that just gets me it's got a beautiful bass line and then also the guitar solo at the end as it goes on but it's a beautiful song it had to be in the top 10 it, it probably should be a little bit higher but then with the, the songs that I've got above it um, it just made it, it number four. Next week, it could change. It but could Kate, change. Absolutely. But Kate Bush had probably one of the most unique female voices ever. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think it's ever been replicated. As songs, they were a bit marmite, weren't they? Some people yeah. really don't like it and some people love it. I, I'm in the camp of loving it. And also, forgetting how talented she really was, that the man with the child in his eyes, she wrote when she was 14. Mm people don't forget all of this and that's no. such a beautiful song and I do feel that she is almost like a she is the female Peter Gabriel I think that's why mm. they both work so well when they work together yeah I think they've Dave got the same... Gilmore wasn't it from Pink Floyd that discovered Kate Bush yeah that's right mm. that's right but yeah it's beautiful but... so much recognition because of Stranger Things right Isn't exactly she? yeah they're running up that hill yeah have you seen well, Stranger Things Lisa I've watched the first season. I haven't ever started the rest. Right. Okay. Uh, I Again, still have to watch the new I'm, ones. If you know, I would recommend. And admit that I uh, haven't watched Game of Thrones either. And I just started it last week. Really? And, uh, I'm in season four, episode nine. I'm, I'm like four <laughs> hours a day of the Game of Thrones. It's killing me. <laughs> is that, so what is this? Is it six seasons, I think? Is it six what? seasons of Game, Game of Thrones? Thrones. It was an eight. Was it eight? Oh, so, no. Well, <laughs> you, uh, you, we, we need to have a conversation when you finish the final episodes, Lisa. That's yeah. all I want. I, I want to know what your feelings are on the final episodes. I won't yeah. say anything. I'll just well, be interested. I'm going, it'll be tomorrow. So okay. <laughs> <laughs> it probably will. <laughs> so, M, we need your number three then, please. Okay. So this was particularly hard because there are... This is a trilogy of movies, and I, I assumed I couldn't use the whole trilogy um, <laughs> as an entity, so I had to pick one out of the trilogy. Um, and I've chosen as my number three, John Wick, Chapter 3, Parabellum. Oh, okay. Now, there's a reason why I didn't choose John Wick, and I, need, I feel like I need to explain myself. Now, John Wick was obviously the catalyst for this amazing comeback, I love John Wick and I love John Wick chapter two. Um, but the reason why I picked Parabellum over the other two is, first of all, I feel like if you're going to pick one out of the other two, you pick John Wick. But there's a specific scene in John Wick that I simply cannot watch. And I've never been able to watch it. I watched it for the first time um, and I cried for 20 minutes. So... I have seen the movie since, but I have to fast forward that particular scene um, just because it upsets me so much. It didn't help at the time that I watched it. I just lost one of my cats. One of my cats had just died. Right, that would do and it. so um, do it. <laughs> I was just, I was bawling for 20 minutes, guys. Like I could, I was sobbing 
uh, when that thing happened in that movie. Um, so that's the reason why I couldn't choose the first John Wick, even though it's really important. But mm. to me, like John Wick Chapter 3 Parabellum is they know at this point what the John Wick name means. And they are like, we are just going to go completely batshit crazy in this movie. We are going to put everything in this movie. We're going to do these amazing stunts. We're going to bring Halle Berry and some dogs into this movie. (laughs) And you're going to fucking love it. And I'm sitting there and I'm just like literally lapping this shit up. Like, this is amazing. It's beautiful. It's got these beautiful shots with like this neon lighting. I bloody love John Wick 3. It's it's my jam. Okay. They they it's like it's like they were making a movie just for me. Yeah. <laughs> and I I fucking love it. It's man. just it's an, an apologetic, isn't it? It's, it is we're going to throw everything at you Literally. and you're just going to sit there and enjoy it. And it's like, you know, the when they did John Wick, they didn't expect to make a franchise out of it. No. Like, but they've built I feel like they've built the world organically enough so you have all of this like backstory about where he came from and you know, this organisation and all of that stuff. But, I mean, Halle Berry is awesome. I love mm. her anyway. But those dogs, amazing. Amazing mm. stunt work with those dogs. And as I, as I keep coming back to practical effects, um, it's just... It's just so much fun. And it's it's super violent. Yeah. And I'm not usually a huge fan of super violence, but it's almost cartoony kind of violence. And I just... I just really dig him as John Wick. And I wish I could have chosen all three. Um, but I felt like I didn't want the whole top ten to be like John Wick 1, John Wick uh, yeah, 2, John Wick 3. That's what I thought it Get might John be. Wick. I thought, <laughs> yeah, I thought we were going to have, like, The Matrix and uh, the other Matrix movie. I think it was yeah, just going to be, like, just, like, just two, or three, yeah, two um, or three franchises, and that was going to be it, yeah. But I wanted to pick one of them, and I was like, that's the one that always sticks in my mind the most. Right. For just being so bombastic. Yeah. So, yeah, it had to be John Wick 3. Cool. That's wonderful. Uh, Neil, you had Speed at number three. I did. I had Point Break at number three. So we're now, Tim, at your number two, please. Right, number two. Um, I've gone for a uh, a classic. A classic, I like to think, uh, that brings together many styles of comedy, many different types of humour. Uh, some very old school and some very nostalgic and vintage, but I've gone for Dick Dastardly. Oh, yes. My number two from Wacky Races. The ha- the, the moustache mm. itself, yes, it's a handlebar, I hear you cry. Of course it is. But it is also um, a also known as the Englishman. That idea, I don't know why, it's the most, most un-English thing I've ever seen. Anything <laughs> that kind of comes straight off of this kind of angle. Yeah. Apparently that that's how the world used to see us. There's this... Maybe it's because we were sneaky or something something not to be trusted. Um, but the Dick Dastardly character is an old vaudevillian mm. style of comedy, that idea, that quite sort of one-dimensional, yeah, you know, lady tiled on the rail track. Silent movie kind of, kind of villain. Silent yeah. movie, exactly. Mm. And it's an amalgam. And then, and then Hanna-Barbera used that model on lots of other different style of cartoons. So Dick Dastardly appears in two other versions of him and there's one where he's called whiplash so i was like oh that's a funny it's a strange name i wonder why why he's called that and apparently a whiplash in vaudevillian terminology is a villain right so right. he was called whiplash something i can't remember what it was but it also plays into like marvel have a character who's evil called whiplash and so mm. there's all they're all kind of tied 
together is that this kind of evil characters are called whiplashes um, because maybe they just kind of come in, they do the thing that kind of disturbs everything and then leave. Um, but his his style is I mean, it's phenomenal. You instantly know. It's one of those instantly recognisable images, moustaches, and you go, yes, that's the guy. He's obviously evil. He looks English. He sounds English. He has the English moustache that obviously comes off in that very English way that all Englishmen <laughs> in the early 20th century wear. Where it goes, you know, um, yeah. And I don't even know where that has come from. Like, literally, I was Googling it, looking again. There must be a reason why that moustache is called the Englishman. Mm. I've never, I have never even seen like an ye olde picture of someone ever with an English moustache that comes out in that in that way. It's such yeah. a peculiar. But there we go. But it go. is weird because that is like the you think of the old black and white silent movies, like you say, with the the woman on the tracks and the the mm. the twizzling of the of the moustache was always the. But that's weird. Yeah. It's called the Englishman. Yeah, very yeah. strange. With a kind of cigarette on a, a little kind of holder. Yes, yeah, and a top hat or maybe that's a cloak. Right. They yeah. together. Maybe, that's a fire yeah. hazard, but, you know, <laughs> Maybe a monocle as well. You have the monocle. Oh, all of that. You see? All, all of, of that. that. See? There's another Halloween costume that is, isn't it? <laughs> Englishman. Um, right, Neil, your number, two, your number two was Tom Selleck. Good old Tom. Good old Tom with his um, uh, chevron. I had to make my notes there, so I got that one. Uh, my number two is Ron Swanson from uh, Parks and Rec. So Nick Offerman, another one who's very good at growing any kind of facial hair. He's, he's uh, a very impressive, great head of hair as well. Um, but the one thing is, it's like you said, Tim, about... Um, Stephen Toast, the moustache is part of that character's makeup, if you like. Mm. It's, that's part mm. of his costume is this strong, thick, like a broom moustache. So is, is that a walrus moustache? That's that? a walrus. Is it? That's, uh, that's wow, I'm getting good at this. Straight down yes. the line walrus. My God, man. That's <laughs> it. You're going to know what to ask for in the barbers come Monday. I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to the exam after this, uh, after this, um, <laughs> this, this, this little bit of uh, stuff that we've been sorting out. But yeah, I think Nick Offerman is fantastic. Anybody that has... have you Neil, have you seen... I, I, I told you a few a few months ago. I've only just uh, I'm a new convert to it. Right. So I'm only on to the second series at the moment. But right, yeah, right, right. I am Tim, enjoying. Have you, have you? I've you, seen the whole thing. Yeah, yeah and it's brilliant. It just that moustache kind of frames his face in that kind of stern, unmoving. It's got to be breakfast foods. Yeah, kind of mm. just sense of sort of irritation at the world and just kind of annoyance that things aren't the way they should be. But that moustache gives him that. As much as it opens up Ned Flanders is friendly, it gives Swanson that just that air of don't even don't even come near me. Don't yeah. come near me. Don't talk to me. Don't even bother me. Yeah. yeah. Just give me steak and whiskey and a cigar and I'm happy. That's all he wants in life to keep himself happy. Robin, to finish us off then, you're 99, please. Uh, well... I'm going to go with my uh, rock or the mainstream rock one, which is going to be What It's Like by Everlast. Did you guys have that song? I think we did. I, I don't think it charted very high. It was sure. only one week here. So it was, okay, it was February yeah. 13th. It was one week at number one. But the backup was Believe by Cher, which. Oh, yeah. that's, that's a good song. That's good. So who is this by? Sorry, What's It Like was by? Uh, Everlast. Everlast, okay. Yeah. And it was only um, 
just one week, but out of the two hit out of the two lists that I had, that was the better song. Yeah, exactly. Sounds good. Yeah. I mean, we're at the end of the decade, obviously, and mm-hmm. obviously the two thousands started in not a good way. I'd also had nine eleven happened in two thousand one, right. wasn't it? Which, which as mm-hmm. we're recording this, we just that it's been the the uh, the anniversary. Yep, exactly. It almost feels like it was a very before and after that kind of moment mm-hmm. in regards to sort of music. I mean, I I've always said, come the two thousands, I tended to lose track of what was going on musically mm-hmm. don't know whether it's just my age you know or yeah. the fact that I like things that I like whereas before I mean I can remember with the Fast Love single Ooh. I bought the CD single and I was going to try and buy every CD single that got to number one wow. after that and I think I lasted about four <laughs> weeks and then I just didn't bother anymore yeah but like Neil said earlier on the charts meant something I think sort of in, well definitely in the 90s now I don't think hmm. I don't think it means anything really it really especially does. not in this country we don't even right. have, you know a TV program dedicated to it no at all you know and what chart is it is it the iTunes chart is it the streaming chart is it the yeah. other chart I mean yeah. there's just a chart for everything yeah so how long was this number one for just one week just one week yeah Wow, I mean, yeah. I was just looking to see. I mean, I honestly, I've never heard that song before. So that one, oh, okay. and and obviously the silver chair one, oh, and definitely. and what was the other one? Oh yeah, how do you how do you talk oh, to, an you talk to an angel? Yeah. I'm gonna definitely have a little listen to those because that sounds like a, it's got a nice. And if you watch the video for how do you talk to an angel, Jamie's a Jamie's a good eye piece of candy. You know, he's, is he? Whew. <laughs> yeah. Gorgeous. I'm sold. <laughs> I'm gonna go and watch it now. Oh um, okay, I that's. He, it. I wonder what he's up to these days. Yeah, <laughs> drop him a message. You never know. Oh Might be able to play uh, the Prince song. <laughs> oh, there, yeah. oh, there you go. You know it. No, you see, he should be playing that to Robin. Oh, that is the true. other way. Oh, around. there you go. I mean, that. he is just. Oh, he's he's fifty three. Is he? Sorry. That's a good age. That's a good. How's he looking for fifty three? Well, in this, uh, he's all right. All right. You know, they... I mean, he's married, but oh, spouses. <laughs> oh dear, I know what a drag. What a right. Indeed. Uh, oh, yeah. Everybody Neil, gets just... a hall pass, don't they? Everybody no, gets a hall pass. Yeah, especially if they're rich I, don't, and I wouldn't use it on him. Oh, right. Okay. Him. No. Oh, so, so okay. So we've opened up that question line of questioning. Then, so yeah. would you 10. open your? No, that that has to be your, a top ten. Yeah. Who would you? Oh, yeah. Your, your your ten hall passes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I have to say Donnie Wahlberg. I I do have to say Donnie. Because he's just always been... I mean, I went to Girl Scout camp and I had I Heart Donnie on my face. I mean... (laughs) (laughs) That's fair enough. Um, He had to say when he went to Cub Scout camp, he had I Heart Donnie, but it was Donnie Osmond. (laughs) I wouldn't blame you. (laughs) Right then, Neil, your 1999, please. So um, I, we talked about songs with great videos. This video is phenomenal. It's Fat Boy Slim, Praise You. Oh, mm-hmm. It's a great song. It's It does what it says on the tin. I think Fat Boy Slim was a bit of the master of the mixing, wasn't he? He was the Calvin Harris of his day. And um, yeah, I think, uh, well, I still think he's brilliant now. And have you seen the um, documentary Trainwreck, the Woodstock one yet? 
Oh, yes. Isn't it scary what was going on when he was trying to play? I, and obviously had to leave quickly, but oh. And you know what's sad is I wanted to go because that was the year I graduated high school. Right. And my parents were like, there's no way you're going. And I opted to go to Australia instead to go on tour with Silver Chair for three weeks. So I think I got the better of the- You got the better deal for sure. Yeah. We just watched that and the stuff that was going on was mind blowing. It's crazy, I mean, wasn't it? It's insane that like all of that stuff was taking place and people there was another artist it, oh yeah, it was Fat Boys or uh Fat Boys who had to come in and he had to stop in the middle or towards the end of his set, didn't he? And he had well, to get in the middle away. somebody drove the the first time somebody drove the van in, didn't they? Yes. The rain. Wasn't that but... the ambulance or something? Yeah. Yeah. So, and he was, wasn't he like upset about it? And then he was like, oh, okay, no, I get it. Like why you had to take me out? Cause he didn't yeah. really realize what was happening, but there, I mean, it's just, uh, have you seen that? The train wreck I've seen, I've, I've, I've seen the first episode. So I'm just, I'm just one episode in at the moment, but mm. okay. I've, I, I didn't even realize there was a Woodstock in 1999. Oh, I remember it. I, just, really? I, I couldn't, I had no like remembrance wow. of it at all. Uh, but I, uh, yeah, it was shocking. That first episode was shocking. Well, you went, it gets even more shocking. Oh, yeah. And I'm so glad I didn't go. But I think because there was so much in 99, because you got to remember Columbine happened too. So That's right, Columbine, yeah. then it was like graduated. And then it was like, oh, I want to go to Woodstock. And then it was like, mm, I'm glad I didn't. I'm glad that my parents yeah. said no. I went uh, to Australia for three weeks and that was much better by far. Well, we're glad you didn't go as well, Robbie. Yeah, it was. I've seen. Uh, but some of those people that that they had on the interviews, like, I mean, even they were like, "Oh, so, like the one guy thought it was all cool," and I'm like, "That? Why yeah. did you think that that was?" Cool? And that one woman said, "They the interview. It's not a spoiler, pass. Don't worry." They said to her, "If it, if it was to do it again, would you? Would you?" Do I could it not again? believe her answer. I yeah, was like, she, straight away, she went, "Yes." Yeah. <laughs> and like, I guess to yeah. say you were there, but it's like. Mm. I mean, when they had corn on, woo! Oh, that, yeah. was, that was the first yeah. episode, wasn't it? Yeah. That was a bit like, yeah, yeah. It, it yeah. didn't look like it was all peace and love. That was for sure. Yeah. Wait till the end, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Enjoy ride. You haven't seen anything yet. <laughs> okay, I'm looking forward to that. Oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to that then. Right then, just to round things off then, my number yeah. one from uh, 1999, uh, there was one of the little clips on it, and it's Fly Away by Lenny Kravitz. Ah, uh, okay. Now, I always felt that like, Lenny Kravitz wasn't as big a star as he should have been. Now, I know he was quite big in the, obviously in the like late 90s or mid 90s. Mm-hmm. But for somebody that was like, again, another one of these multi-instrumentalists, a great songwriter, he just didn't seem to hit that massive sort of level. Well, I don't think in our country, in the UK, he didn't. But I, th- I thought he did in America. He was quite... Was he like, yeah, was I was he... going to say he, he did pretty well here. Yeah. He... Right. There was something, there was another song he had that I just didn't like, and it was on repeat. It's kind of like, do you, you guys know what K-Rock is in LA? Yep. The radio yeah, music? yeah, yeah, So you're aware that they played Red Hot Chili Peppers every other song, right? So yeah. that's how it was for Lenny Kravitz back then. Oh, so right. it was just, it was fed too much to me that I was like, okay, enough. Like, I'm I'm done. Like, same thing with Santana. Um Oh, Santana and Rob Thomas, I think. Oh, they yeah. had that smooth song. Oh, God. It was constantly happening. And I was just like, I can't handle if I hear mm. that one more time. So I think that's what happened with Lenny for me. But he definitely was big over here, for sure. Yeah. Right. I think that was his only number one 
over here, I think. It was only number one for one week as well. He did so. the Austin, song for Austin Powers as well, didn't it? Was it American Woman or whatever he did for Austin Powers? Oh, right, okay. Spy Shag Me film, yeah. Yeah, and there are a couple of other of, of his songs, but I honestly like can't remember them. There's, I think the one yeah. that you're talking about, Robin, there's one that they played to death over here. Mm-hmm. I can't believe was it. Was it Lenny Kravitz song? Yeah, I can't remember what it was. And it's it's um, bugging me a little bit now. Um there was one about love. I know that there was Yeah, I there was um Let Love Flow or something like that. It was called something like that. The one that was it ain't very, over till it's over. Are you gonna go my way? Oh god, that one. Are you gonna go my way? Yeah, that it ain't one over was till it's one. over. Yeah. That was one of the that was a very, very good song. And then they had yeah. American Woman. Yeah, that's the one from um, Austin Powers, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. But there you go. That's the that's the decade done. That's the decade done. Let me go through some of these um, honorable mentions. Uh, Nikki Dennis says Ace of Base, The Sign in '94. <laughs> Ricky Martin, Living La Vida Loca in '99. Uh, since I was in England for part of the 90s, I'm also going to go with Queen Innuendo in 91 and Oasis Don't Look Back in Anger March 96. Lisa Buchanan says Losing My Religion, REM 91, Black Hole Sun, Soundgarden in 94, Iris, Goo Goo Dolls 98, and My Guilty Pleasure, Mbop Hansen 97. You don't need to be guilty about it, Lisa. You're in wonderful company here with everybody. <laughs> And she does say, I obviously feel safe here. So you don't have to be guilty about that at all. Uh, And why not pod said, as we're a movie pod, here's our picks from 1390s movie number ones, Turtle Power, Partners in Crime, (laughs) Men in Black, Will Smith, Deeper Underground, Jamiroquai, Gangster's Paradise, Coolio, Everything I Do, I Do For You, Brian Adams, Show Me Heaven, Maria McKee, I Will Always Love You, Whitney Houston, I Can't Help Falling In Love With You, UB40, Turn Back Time, Aqua, not sure what movie that was from. When You Say Nothing At All, Ronan Keaton. Uh, we'll leave it to you to put the films to the songs. Uh, and for the th- others, uh, no, sorry, and for those wondering what the other three 90s mo- number one movies are, it was Unchained Melody, Righteous Brothers, Shoop Shoop Song, and My Heart Will Go On. Uh, Janine Bender says, I can't wait to hear this. Uh, nothing Compares to You, 1990. Um, that was close to my... At Token Nerd said in no particular order, Killer Adamski, nothing compares to you, Sinead O'Connor, Dizzy, Vic Reeves and the Wonder Stuff, Bohemian Rhapsody, These Are the Days of Our Lives, with Queen, uh, Stay, Shakespeare's Sister, Inside by Stiltskin, Breathe, Prodigy, Fast Love, George Michael, Boom, Boom, Shake, Shake the Room, Jazzy Jeff and the Fra- Could I sign more English? Oh. Boom, boom. <laughs> Not shake, even like Basil Brush. Shake, shake the Room, Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. And never forget, take that. The wife will be livid if I don't pick a take that song. And there's no way I'm picking Babe. Plus this one is kind of great. It's weird how many great songs didn't actually get to number one. Amanda Holmes says, Easy Dream Lover by Miss Christmas herself, Mariah Carey. And Michelle Hawley said, The Power of Love by Celine Dion, California Love by Tupac, Baby One More Time by Britney, uh, It Must Have Been Love by Roxette, Fantasy by Mariah, Mariah, I Will Always Love You by Whitney. So many great, even if a bit campy, songs. So thank you, everyone. Yes, thank you very much. So much for your uh, feedback on that. Uh, now, Robin, I, have, I have a question. Oh, wonderful. Is that Boom Boom, what was it again? Boom Boom Shake the Room? Yeah. Is that a song in the bedroom, Neil? Or is that not in the bedroom? I'm not really all sure de- where that went. All de- well, that, I'll answer that question <laughs> off air, Robin. Um, it all depends on the action. 
Uh, um, yeah, sometimes it's just boom, shake the room. Oh, okay, got it. <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.